How's it going? Good? Very good, cool. Man. How are you? All right. Good, good. So, so you were just doing a, a podcast or what? No, man. There's a guy doing a documentary. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we've been together for, I don't know. Uh, put it back where it was. Thomas, it was fine. No. Dart, uh, Tanner. <laughs> right there. It's fine. Boom. Done. <laughs> we're, we're with it. We've already started. <laughs> okay. My sons. Okay. They're the best, bro. I love them. So yeah, he was doing a documentary. Okay, nice. Yeah. What's the documentary about? Just your life or? Bro, he just asked me a million questions, man. So it was, it was just, you know, War Room, Tate, my upbringing, my views on life, etc. It was good. Good, good. So uh, how'd you meet, how'd you meet all the guys in the Manosphere? Like, did you meet Sterling first or? I met Sterling first, go? yeah. I okay. met Sterling first and... um. And then from there, I met, there, there was a dinner I went to with Sterling. I met John MLD, Rolo, Myron, Walt, and maybe a couple more, like all in the same dinner. So Jeez. it was, yeah, man. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Were you always, were you like watching their videos before? Like, so did you know these oh, yeah. guys? Well, I knew who, I knew who Richard Cooper, yes. Rolo, and Tate were. And then I met Sterling at a War Room event. And, um, me and Sterling obviously hit it off, and so I came to Miami. That's awesome. I was watching, I was always watching Andrew Tate like three years ago. I was actually watching his videos when he had like 30,000 subscribers on YouTube, Damn. and he was like super low key. Damn, so yeah, it, it was pretty cool. And then I saw Sterling with him as well. Um, afterwards, I did an interview with Sterling, um, like a year ago, and then I saw him start working with the Tates and I saw you and all you guys on like the podcast with fresh and fit. So it was, it was pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love that. And then, uh, I also helped you find a video editor. How do you like your video editor? I like him very, very much, very, very much. He's doing a great job. So yeah. Yeah. He's super solid. I met him, um, online through my discord. Uh, he, he's really good and he edited a few videos for me. And then uh, Thomas was like, yo, we need a video editor. So I sent him over to you guys because he's he's pretty fucking legit. Man, I appreciate it, man. I really yeah. do. He's super solid. Yeah. So the first topic I wanted to get into was uh, like your mentors or any books that you read. Yeah, I, bro, I read books all through my 20s. I think the ones that stand out to me most would be all the all the stuff around E-Myth. Um, Robert E. Gerber, okay. great book. It, it really emphasizes systems and 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 why systems drive businesses and how to own a real business i think systems are the most important thing that can help you get to freedom and it really helped line that out from there there's a, a host of books by patrick lencioni that i okay. really like death by meeting the ideal team player roles of a ceo like all these books and then collectively um it's funny enough a guy named gino wickman wrote some books called traction and rocket fuel and put together a system called eos uh, we used to run EOS. Uh, I recently stopped running EOS. It was a little slow for me. I'm a little too impatient to wait a week to do something. Okay. Uh, so, okay. Uh, so I, I don't like the idea of waiting a week for um, to get something done when we could just fucking do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, wait, waiting a quarter to do something big. Let's just stay up all night. So um, that's kind of how we run things now. 
Um, I'm really big on all three of those authors. However, uh, right now we just have a have a system about, you know, how fast can we get things done? Speed, 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 go, 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 go. And then we look up every now and then and we readjust and recalibrate as needed. So nice. And were you like back then, were you always watching YouTube videos or is it mainly just books? Always, man. I was always watching some variation of YouTube or listening to some book. I'd grow the business to a place where I I'd find myself with a new problem, you know, that was really yeah. an opportunity to gain another, you know, level of competency. And so, right. You know, maybe I scaled into needing to understand how to set up a certain system or to hire certain kinds of employees or whatever I needed to do. And so as problems came, opportunities came to learn how to, you know, adjust and grow and get better. And so even to this day, I don't think I'm done. You know, I'm going to run right. into a problem this year where I'm going to have to try to find a way to educate myself on the subject and, yeah. and try to get myself in a place where I'm ready to step up to that next level of entrepreneurship in some way. And I don't think that'll ever be done for me, man. I just think that's a part of who I am and what makes me happy is feeling like I'm growing, you know? So is there ever a time where like you need to, instead of trying to learn something new because it's going to be difficult or take a long time, is there ever a time where you hire a professional or someone else to do it instead? Always. I, I think one of, the, one of the most important things you can do as an entrepreneur is step outside of yourself and look at yourself and say, okay, what does Justin have energy for? What are his talents? What is he good at? Or, um, you, I do that for employees as well, but my job is to set up everybody and all of my businesses to be graceful, including myself. And if I see that I can hire out a third party to train something like sales or, or to run our email campaign or whatever, I'm certainly going to do that. I'm also, right. I'm also looking at the cost of hiring an individual or okay. having an individual that's already working for me. And asking myself, are they doing a $15 an hour task? I used to ask that just for myself. But now that I have multiple employees that make over six figures, I ask it for them. And I have to slap their fucking hand all the time. You know, <laughs> I'll walk in my office and see one of my high-powered high power players doing some bullshit that I could have somebody else do part-time. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, right. we got to yeah. do an assistant. Or we got to hire somebody part-time to do this, or we got to get some kind of third-party vendor in here to do this. It doesn't make sense because if you stop making sales calls and selling multi-million-dollar projects, then then there's a there's a there's a chink in our armor because what you're doing right now is something that a 15-year-old kid could do. So right, you know, I'm always looking at things like that. What's the return on time? And 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 I'm definitely protecting not only my own time but my highest-level players. I'm certainly watching them closer probably than anybody. Right. And what made you want to start creating content? Because you didn't have to create content. You were already like a millionaire, right? Yeah, man. So the thing is, is that, you know, I had seen how these other guys have been able to help people. And the companies that I run, dude, it's very thankless. None of my, none of my tenants that pay me rent every month are ever going to send me a message saying, Hey, thanks. Thanks for the, thanks for the roof over my head. Yeah. If I build, if I build a building somewhere, nobody's going to call me up and be like, Hey, Justin, I just want you to know you did a really good job. You know, right. there's none of that. Right. And so I, I looked out and, and I knew I had always wanted to have a platform in some way. I always kind of knew that if you, if you could make yourself known and people knew you and you're a good person that it would help you in business. And it's certainly done that. But what I've also found has been one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done in my life. You know, I get 100 to 200 messages. Bro, we can't even answer all the messages yeah. I get on Instagram. 
But every now and then I get an opportunity to answer one out of the blue or I get an opportunity to pick up the phone and call somebody and help them directly. And instead of charging them $5,000 for a phone call, I just call them and love up on them, man. And, and honestly, bro, that's just good for my soul. It's not right. and it's not because I'm like this great guy or any shit like that. It's good <laughs> for me. No, I, yeah, I, I agree. I'm doing nice shit for people, bro. Yeah. I think that's I think that's one of the biggest uh, overlooked secrets to happiness in this world, man, is doing something kind for somebody. Yeah. So I mean, I already know I'm a good person. I don't need to do that shit to do that. I do it right. for me because it makes me feel good, man. So yeah, uh, yeah I, that was part of it. The other part of it is, you know, Andrew was here in Miami and he's like, yo. Um, come eat dinner with me. And so I went over there and met him and, and he was just like, bro, you've got what it takes to do really, really well in this space. Like, I really believe in you. And I think that if you do this, that you will absolutely kill it. And, um, that was a little over a year ago. So we have a hundred thousand subs and, um, and I'm very grateful for that, man. It means the world to me. Yeah. You know? So, um, even when I get stopped in the airport or wherever I am and people want to take photos and stuff, man. It, it, mean, it means the world to me, man. I, it couldn't be a more fulfilling thing to do. Definitely. Yeah, it's a definitely powerful and amazing thing for sure. I think uh, yeah. when I first started like TikTok, because I started on TikTok, I got like 100,000 followers on TikTok and then I got banned, canceled, yeah. all that. Canceled all that yeah, other shit. TikTok too. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, I, I got a lot of followers. I, I started helping. I remember my first my first phone coaching call. It was It was crazy. Like, just being able to help other people and like see their progression just through like a 10, 15 minute phone call and like see that switch in their brain. It's a very powerful, amazing thing. And knowing that you've helped millions of dudes is like another level. And it's, yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah, man. It, it means the world to me. I, I, I want to keep getting better at it. I think there, there's going to be a point where I really find what niche I want to get into. And mm. I'll, I'll probably double down on that. And I think in time when I find that, I'll be able to do something really, really special. Right now, I'm just enjoying taking the questions, calling people, and, and helping as much as I can in every way. And uh, even if it doesn't go past this and it keeps growing the way it is, I think I, I'll be successful either way because I'm really going to gauge it off of how good I feel about the work I've done for you know the young guys coming up. So it, it's, it's really good for me, man. I, I'm winning just as much as they are. For sure. And then another thing is like politics. Like before... I don't know if your politics or like your views on politics changed over time, but in the beginning and like through your transitioning, what, what were you like? Were you more conservative, more liberal? Yeah, man, more I'm conservative. I'm conservative all day long. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I ate dinner with uh, Buck Sexton last night. He's got the biggest radio show in American conservative show. And um, man, he's a hell of a guy. So yeah, man, I'm red all the way, bro. Good, and, and, good. And, and, and dude, it's not even about conservative or or liberal or anything like that. It's but just about common sense, man. Yeah, yeah. But it's mostly the conservatives that have more common sense. So absolutely, absolutely. But you know, my problem with most liberals is not that I think that they don't believe. I don't think liberals are stupid. I think right. they're fucking sellouts. Mm. I think that that they know the truth. They know that they know that COVID was bullshit. They're not fucking retarded. They have PhDs and they went to, you know. Berkeley and all this shit. These are not stupid people. These are fucking yeah. sellouts. These are people. These are people that can easily be manipulated. These are mm. people that are going to apologize for just being who they are. It's absolute horseshit. It's right. horseshit. I'll never apologize for being who I am ever. I'll never feel like like 
that I, I think America is the greatest country ever. I don't even think America is racist anymore. If no, anything, fuck no. If anything, we're quite the opposite of racist. Like we hate ourselves. Yeah, know? yeah. It, especially yeah, it's, it's always they're male. always attacking the white straight male. If you're white yeah. and you're straight and you're male, you're getting attacked. Yeah, it, it's and it's <laughs> fucking crazy, dude. It's fucking yeah. crazy. Just to, just to have to identify, you know, whether you know what color you are right off the rip. That's racist, really. You know. Yeah. So I mean, bro, I um. I miss the days where it was America against Russia or everybody, right. you know what I'm saying? Like back in the day when I was a kid and like Rocky movies, like, you know, fuck you, USSR and all that stuff, you know, I'm an eighties baby. Yeah. But team America. Yeah, man. Team America, <laughs> you know, and, and I still, and for the record, this is not very popular, but I still believe America's dope. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. And, and, and when G.I. Joe was a thing, you know, and when it was yeah. when, when you were a kid, you could look up to masculine people. And I think that's why we've all done so well and we all blow up so much is because it used to be there was a guy on TV being an action figure or a superhero. And, and mm. now the only person that's masculine around is a couple of guys on the Internet on YouTube. Yep. You know, I mean, dude, every day there's some cartoon made of all of us or some shit yeah. like that. It was crazy yeah. to me. Crazy to me, but um, I think that that's really missing, man. And I think that young guys need somebody to look up to. And I don't, I don't claim to have all the answers. Uh, I'm learning every day. I'm developing every day. But I feel like there's this natural thing inside young men that they want to be masculine because they're naturally impaired to do so. And for that reason, I, I think that um, following channels that can allow them to believe how they feel is is going to be something that's powerful for a long time as long as they let us keep our pl platforms right yeah and school definitely suppresses those things like if you try to be any sort of masculine figure in school you try to just focus on your business you get shut down you get shit on you yeah. get hated on by the teachers um and it really suppresses like that masculine urge so a lot of guys have to learn how to get back into that natural feeling that felt right in the first place you yeah. know and they so have the, it, it's and, super important and it was hard about that is when they're attacking young young men before they know mm. themselves yet before they right. can be their own moral compass and so what they'll do is they'll shame them or make mm. them feel guilt for being yep. what they naturally are and and yep. i think that's why andrew tate's message resonates so much with young men i think that's why sterling cooper's does tristan myself myron yeah, I mean, everybody in the space, man, they um, I think that they can come and spend time with these people that they've not met in real life, but they can we can validate how they feel inside and nobody's judging them and nobody's right. telling them that they're wrong for wanting to be a little boy, be a little yeah. boy, you yeah. know, and, and grow up and be a strong young man. I got news for everybody. If shit hits the fan and we need military force to come out of this country. We need strong young men. Right. We've got to have them. It's an absolute yeah. must. So um, I don't know where America gives off thinking they want to suppress young men for being strong. And I'm not talking about bullying. I'm not talking about being mean to little girls. I think that's absolute horseshit. I right. think you should always respect women. There's no reason to ever try to disrespect a woman to make yourself feel good. There should never right. be a contest for that. Nobody should ever get a prize for belittling a woman. And you should never get a prize for being mean to a homosexual person. 
That's not fucking funny. It's not cool at all. Let me be the first one to say that. And then, and then, and then also just not bullying people or not being mean to people in general. There's no reason for that. That's a man that's really, really strong and secure in himself. He doesn't have to be mean to other people. He right. just needs to be able to act when it's time. Right. And, and I think that, you know, like I think Jordan Peterson says this, and there's some things I disagree with him on, but I agree with him on this. It's a capable mm -hmm. man. That's a good man. Not yeah. a man that's not capable. Right. So we need capable men that are securing themselves so they know when to they know when to let things go and when not to. Right. And do you think this is like all I I genuinely believe this is like all done on purpose, either by the elites, and obviously we all know who the elites are controlled by, the fucking devil. But besides that, like the elites, dude, yeah. like they and it's a trickle down effect, they control the media, and it's all done on purpose to emasculate men, make men weak. And that's the easy way to take over a country. And you've seen the whole culture shift. Like like you said, the shows that they used to show are no longer there. It's the complete no. opposite. So I, it, a lot of people think, oh, no, this is just happening because it's, it's just a natural thing. But no, they've done this when it, with every other country in the past that's fallen. This is how you do it. You do it from the inside. No one's going to beat America from the outside. It's always going to be on the inside, us attacking each other and things like that. Right. I mean... If you had to fight a big, strong man you didn't think you could beat, you'd be better off poisoning him and let him rot from the inside out, wouldn't you? Right. You didn't know. You put it in his yep. tea, let him drink it, and we're drinking Kool-Aid in this country, man. And the problem, is, <laughs> the problem is, is that we guilt men. We, we use guilt to suppress men. We, we, we are putting men and women against one another so the man has no support. There's, there's no groups. Church is gone out the window. Yep. So groups like the War Room um, also get attacked because they don't like the idea of a bunch of men getting together and talking amongst themselves to do something better. But yep. the truth it's of like, the matter is we can have the most powerful military in the world. Somebody's got to be there to drive those tanks. Yep. You know, somebody's got to be here to build this country. You know, that's why I put so much love out to the guys that work on their tools every day and go out and build this country, man, because, you know, that man is generally getting shit on, but guess what? Without that man, me and you can't do this show. I can't sit in this building right now. Right. So, so all the guys that are out there doing it blue collar, man, I, I tip my hat to you. And for all the guys in the military, man, thank you because you keep this country safe, you know, in every way. And I, we got to have more strong men in this, in this world, particularly in America. Right. Yeah, I mean, and the sad thing is, like, they're still, even in America, they're trying to attack guys in the military for being masculine. They're trying to introduce all these new um, ideologies and, and these gender-neutral things and all these all these yeah. weird things. And it's it's Some really bullshit. sad because, yeah, it's it's total bullshit, um, but it's, it's leaking into everywhere. Like, mm -hmm. the school system, every single part of your life, they try to leak yeah. it um, in there. And even in, like, everything you do, like you said, the water you drink, like they find a way like to put okay everything you're gonna drink is gonna be out of plastic now we're gonna start putting some more fluoride in your water yeah. crazy shit and you get that no gets, flowing. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's it's crazy it's it's absolutely crazy and then uh what do you what do you think about like social media and like like the power you have with social media do you think a lot of other guys should start creating social media pages as well what's your thoughts on that I think anybody out there pushing the message of being strong and, and using that strength for the, for the greater good of the world is, is a good thing. I just want to make sure that 
the guys that are out front pushing the message of masculinity make it very clear that it's not an abusive thing, mm. you know, just because you're, you need to be strong enough to be able to take care of business when you need to, but not use that power to hurt other people or to intimidate other people. You shouldn't have to. So if you're really strong, you know what you're capable of. And so as long as guys are pushing that message out and particularly not bullying or degrading women or doing anything of that nature and just standing up for what you believe in, particularly your country and what you think is right, then I don't have a problem with it at all. In fact, I support it. Right. And actually, it's kind of funny because you have to be open enough to get hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, and it, it's pretty interesting because a lot of guys think they have to be closed off. You know, they can't allow anyone to hurt them, you know, but if you're strong, you're comfortable in yourself and you're secure, you allow others to have that ability because you know that, hey, that person, no matter what they do, whatever they say, it's not going to affect me. You know, so you allow these things to come into your life. Absolutely. I, I think some of the strongest men in the world can be vulnerable. I'm right. vulnerable with employees, people I have relationships with, etc. I just know that I have the strength that if they take advantage of it, there's a consequence, you know, yep. and and I think that men should be able to have normal conversations and tell people how they feel. But they also need to be ready to stand up when it's time. Right. And I think that if there's one missed message out there amongst the space right now is that you have to be hard all the time. But you can be delicate with people. You can tell them how you right. feel about things and tell them you care about them. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you, you know, a coward or less of a man. It's just, are you willing to stand up when that time comes? And right. a lot of times, you know, people will make the mistake of, you know, taking kindness for weakness. And then you just got to let them know. But that's just part of it. Because if you close yourself off to people, and you don't have real conversations, you don't let people know you care about them, and you don't have these important conversations, then sometimes you lose people and it wasn't necessary. It was all out of an insecurity that you thought you had to you know, dominate them rather than just sit down and have a normal conversation. There's a lot right. of employees I have to do that with. It's like, look, man, I love you. I want you here. I chose you. I want you to, you know, I want you to make me right, but you are fucking up. I love you and I want to keep you and I believe in you but I will fire your ass. I love right. you, bro. Please get this right, man. Cause I want right. you to prove me right. Cause I believe in you and I want to see you grow. And if mm. he can't do it, he's got to go. Yeah. But the goal is to not surprise him, you know? And then I think that you could use that for most any relationship is you just sit somebody down and tell them the truth and let them know you care about them. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing, there's nothing weak about that. Right. And so what do you think about living in America? Because I know Andrew always talks about Romania, but now he's in jail in, Rom in Romania. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's really, it's really sad what's going on with Andrew. I don't it's think super Andrew corrupt. deserves, deserves yeah. that in any way. Uh, nobody would even know where that country was, including myself, if it weren't for Andrew Tate. Yeah. Um, for me, in regards to living in America, um, I still believe America's a GOAT. You know, Same. I think we have a lot of things to work on, but we have right. the, the strongest economy in the world. We have the strongest military. We have one of the strongest uh, geographies you could possibly have for not only war with the oceans on both sides and the secure borders on the north and the south. But we have uh, the Mississippi River 
that creates an opportunity for us to self-sustain ourselves and, and make our own food. And we have oil in, in Texas and all over in Dakotas, you know, like fuck with us. We're the best country there ever was, bro. We are the goat. And it's our responsibility right. to keep it that way. And, and if we can't start getting along or we can't at least start having some fucking common sense and get the right people in the right places politically, then yeah, we might have, have some issues here and there, but as far as, as far as a company, uh, a country that you want to believe in, I, I still think America's the goat and I'm not coming off of that. And I know that's not popular even among some of my friends, but you know, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. I believe in America and I believe we can fix this if enough people stand up and, and, and do the right thing, especially the large majority of people that have that feel like they have to be silent, you know? Right. I think it's going to get to a point, either there's going to be a civil war or there's going yeah, to be a so breaking that would point. Be an ass whooping. Let me just say that right now. If yeah. we had a civil war, G, all, all, all the boys in Texas, Louisiana, all the flyover states. That's all you need. Country, That's all you need. You know, they don't want that fucking heat, bro. They don't want it. And I'll tell you another thing. It is a very lopsided fight as well from, yep. from the sheer numbers of people that would show up to that deal. And mm. I'll tell you another thing. The people that think they want that war have probably never even been in a fist fight. Right. None less a gunfight. And they don't know how to farm. All the farmers, all the people in, in construction, all the people that get up and go to work every fucking day. Yep. Not these people that think that they should be placated to. Right. The Everyone who relies. Outside, they'd be ready to quit. It would be ugly. Yeah. Be Everyone ugly. who relies on the government is, is fucked. They are absolutely fucked. But everyone who's self-reliant, everyone who knows how to take care of themselves and their family, everyone who owns guns, obviously happens to be conservative, <laughs> you yeah. know, so it, it is what it is. But everyone who, and that's one thing uh, I've noticed is I've always aligned with being conservative. I've always, I've always loved Trump because he's, they've always talked about being self-reliant. And that's one thing like my mentor talked about all the time was self-reliance. You have to take care of yourself because no one else is going to give a fuck about you. No one yeah. cares about you. Government doesn't care about you. Like you have to be able to take care of yourself. You have to be able to survive, um, farm, you know, make food, take care of family, make money all by yourself with no one else. Like that's like a really important thing. It goes back into survival. Like you had to be self-reliant. There was no one out there giving you food on a, like a weekly allowance. You know, these no. things didn't exist. You literally had to be self-reliant or you fucking died. So I think it's going to have to get to that point where everything's going to flip around and it's only going to be the self-reliant people left, you know? It is what it is. I mean, you know what? I really hope not. Yeah. But we'll see, man. I, I think that um I think that America is and, and has the opportunity to continue to be the, the greatest nation that ever was. Right. And it's really just up, up to Americans to make that decision because if we collectively make that decision together, yep, then it really won't matter what happens outside of this country. America yeah. is the goat if it decides to stay the goat. So do you think like that's part of the elite's tactics so is to, to distract people with things that don't really actually matter? Like distracting people with all the LGBTQ on the sports, distracting people with just sports in general, distracting people with the news. Do you think that's a way that they're using it to distract people from the main focus, which everyone should agree that, hey, government's not your friend. The elites are not your fucking friend. You know, these people do not want the best for you. They want you to be a sheep. They want you to be a robot, you know. Um, is there a way you think that we could get 
everyone on board with understanding who the real enemy is? I think identifying they is a very difficult thing. Mm. I think identifying they would be the beginning of a, of a solution that even I question sometimes, like who is they? You know, there's there's speculation, but a lot yeah. of times I, I don't I don't trust either side of the media. Mm. You know? Oh yeah. You know, it's so it's all bought out. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very very tricky thing. Um, I do believe that there's corruption going on all over the world. Yep. I think that even America at its weakest will probably still be America, even if we deglobalize. I think mm -hmm. that America would be the, you know, would be rough for a little while, but America would ultimately be the beneficiary of deglobalization. If they started shutting down trade routes and things like that, America is one of the most self-sustainable places just geographically that you could possibly be in. You know, yeah. we, could, we could run this country and ramp the jobs up and we could take care of ourselves and certainly defend ourselves. We spend tons and tons and tons of money every year defending people that wouldn't piss on us if we were on fire. Yeah, you know? they don't give a fuck. So, yeah, so if we were to pull those boats and they were I had to fend for themselves and we had to fend for ourselves, I don't think there's a better piece of ground on this planet that you could do that. Yeah, yeah that's the one thing. very that... clear. I'm a supporter of America. Good, good. Yeah, that's the one thing is like, even in the military, a lot of dudes were, were very upset how we were giving so much money away to Ukraine and other countries when our military, like, I guess, especially the, the Marine Corps, a lot of guys in the Marine Corps are not very uh, happy because all of our great equipment is getting sent to other countries. And the Marine Corps, especially, is getting, like, the shittiest equipment, the shittiest gear, and things like that. And so it's like, dude, what the heck? Like, our government doesn't even care about us. Like, they care more about other countries who don't give a fuck about us. So it, it, it's super sad, um, but yeah, what, what's your take on that? I feel like the Ukraine war wouldn't be going on if we weren't pumping them guns. I would really like to believe that America has the best intentions at all time. I'd like to give America the benefit of the doubt. It's hard, it's hard for me to say I completely believe that um, we're doing everything we could on all fronts, but I also like to do my best to keep keep my country in a positive light. We used to be patriotic, you know, yep. growing up, growing up in school, we used to appreciate our veterans. We used to have fucking events at school. We fill the assembly hall, man. And, and tell people how much we appreciated their service. Now, you know, it's, it's not that I believe in war. I think a lot of war comes down to money and, right. and, you know, one thing that we definitely produce is a lot of weapons. You know, and, and I think America makes a lot of money that way uh, in a lot of regards. I think that it protects us. But at the same time, I think it also pads a lot of people's pockets that sit in the right chair in the right place. Yeah. And, um, I don't think we need a big government. I think that if we keep the laws the way they are and, and let the best players in the country do the things that the government, particularly the IRS, wants you to do in order to help the country, like build houses or give you tax breaks on real estate or or what have you then this this could like i said be the greatest country that ever was if we could right. you know continue to do our best to, to police the world i know that we do that in many many ways um and 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 hopefully reduce the amount of wars that need to happen reduce the amount of bloodshed that needs to happen in places i think that would be ideal but i think time will tell what what we decide to do
but it, okay. it is all in America's hands, in my opinion. And like throughout traveling to other countries, you've probably been to a bunch of countries with the Tates and Sterling. Yeah. Um, what what do you see like in other countries? Do you see other countries more religious than others? Um, and do you see how that plays a role on like how the country um, like acts and stuff like that? So I've been to I've been to a bunch of I think we went to fifteen countries last year. I was in nice, and I believe that Christian countries. Uh, if you watch Christianity go across the map, a lot of the a lot of the the best civilizations will come from Christianity. And I think the reason for that is it it gave men a reason to get out of bed in the morning. It gave men reason to act um, in line with certain values that could make society work. I believe that Christianity, without Christianity, we wouldn't have the civilization that we live in today. Mm. Romania is very Christian. Um, obviously a lot of Europe is Christian or Catholic or what have you. I think Christianity in every way has helped society. I do think that it's dying. So there's going to, there's going to have to be another reason, you know, for guys to, to really do the right thing and work together towards a common goal. Um, churches seem to be dying. Obviously marriage is not doing all that well in America and in other places. And, um, you know, I think that the worst that Christianity and particularly families, like if you take Christianity out of it and you just look at families where the man leads the household and, and there's gender roles and and he can feel like he's appreciated for going out and working and, and he can be proud of what he does every day and be loved for it and appreciated. Then um, I think that you have a better family structure and a better family unit. And for that reason, you have a better country. Mm. I think demasculating men is not a very good idea for any country, not any country that wants to succeed. Well, that's definitely like the the real reason why I think they are really trying to demasculate men is to make the country fall apart for sure. That's the easiest way. You make the men weak um, and that just destroys everything, destroys the families, you know, and, and all the guys who um, are strong are going to be from other countries. So it, plays a role to where okay now we put ourselves at risk now we have no strong men we only have strong women and strong women do not compete with strong men okay like strong women you know from other countries who want to invade and take over you know it's not gonna happen they did the same thing in rome right they made the men weak they put the women in charge you know keep the men distracted and that's how they easily took over so it is what it is yeah hopefully we don't see that in this lifetime yeah could we I think your mic is is uh is like rubbing against your shirt. Let me see. Or it's like being staticky. How's that? Okay, sounds good. Have you read the book uh, Hard Times Create Strong Men? Was that a Stephen Arneo book? It is. I did, yeah, I read that. Sad that he went. Yeah. Super sad. He uh he passed away like May 20th or around May. Um yeah, he he was a go. I wish I could have uh, interviewed him on his book, but he seemed yeah. to be a really good guy, man. Yeah, he he's super smart, super yeah. smart. Yeah, good thing his videos are actually blowing up now on 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 uh on Instagram. A lot of his videos are his little short videos that his team is yeah. making for him are blowing up. But YouTube took down his channel like right when he died. Like, super low fucking move for sure by YouTube. Damn. Yeah, but he had he had a lot of great content. Um, he could have used some red pill, in my opinion. I read a couple of his books. He was a bit simpy. But. Yeah, 
Have you ever yeah, read about relationships and shit like that? No, no. What, what was his book about relationships? I'd have to look, man, but he, he kind of sent out a little bit. But you know what? He mm. shared it. And I think there's plenty to learn from that. I, I, I like Stefan Arneo. Mm. I, I wouldn't follow his relationship advice or how he, okay. how he plotted out his relationships. But at the same time, he, um, he was definitely a force for good, man. And that's why I knew the book, right. man. Cause I, I'd read like, I've read like two or three of his books. I wish he was that's still good. here, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Doing an interview with him would be pretty legendary. I, I was watching some hey. old interviews. Yeah. yeah. So good. Um, and so like, what's, what's your thoughts on religion? Are you religious? Um, you talk about Christianity a lot. Yeah. So I grew up in the South. Um, I wouldn't say I'm overly religious. I just have appreciation for Christianity. I think it's really hard to tell, man, we're flying through space on a rock. Nobody really knows. Christianity was, you know, was one thing before almost the same story. And, and now it's Christianity. Um, but I do think we have Christianity to think for where we are. I think that we're going to have right. to come together and, and figure out, you know, whatever it is that regardless of our faith, whatever it is that can make us, you know, bind together and, and do the right thing. And I think humans are good, man. Um, and I think that we all generally know the difference between right and wrong. So I think that um, coming together and having honest conversations and looking at the truth of the world is really what's going to be the key. Not whether we were, you know, we're Mormon or, or Christian or Jewish or Catholic. Yeah. I don't think that's going to matter as much as yeah. common sense and, and they helping have each a, other. Yeah, they're all very similar in like a moral compass. Like they very all agree much. on, yeah, they all agree on mostly the same things, which is, which is good. So I think, and I was, I was never did much research on religion. Uh, my dad was, uh, my dad's still a Christian and uh, he's always talked to me about God. And I was, I used to go to church a lot, but I never really understood it until now. Like this is now more than ever. I started to really research Christianity and learn about religion. Um, and like, I'm becoming like a full on believer. And it's pretty interesting because a lot of other guys in this space as well, um, that I was starting at my level, we all started around like 5,000 subscribers. Now they're at like a hundred thousand, things like that. They all, uh, were teaching guys how to get girls, all this basic stupid shit. Right. And then now they're all talking about teaching guys about God. And that's what Elliot Hulse is now doing. He kind of moved into that as well. Um, and it's interesting cause I'm trying to see myself move into that, that area uh, of my life now just from learning about it and more than ever because I've been seeing people who don't really believe in God like they're living like super unhappy um, and I see the guys who believe in God and understand the power of God are, are you know much better off in life and it, it's just it's just super interesting just looking at those two, two types of people one's a believer and one's a, an atheist so yeah, man, it's, it's very interesting. Well, you know, one thing I notice is a lot of times when people are in fear is when they go to God. And I think we're in a scary place right now as a whole. So God is not the worst place to go uh, in times like this. And so anybody that thinks that they want to turn to God or Jesus or Christianity or any religion for that matter can probably find a lot of peace in letting some things go that they're concerned about. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Right. And then, uh, so you became a millionaire at 34, 35? Yeah, 33, 34. 
Nice. Okay. And then how'd you, so how'd you make your first million dollars, million dollars? Construction. Construction. Okay. So could you, uh, speak more about that? Cause I have no idea about like construction or any of that stuff. So, yeah. So I started a business when I was 24 we started doing, uh, pre-engineer metal buildings, metal buildings and backyards, small ones, like little sheds, 30 by forties. And I just grew the company through my twenties, uh, kept my head down, you know, woke up really early, stayed up working really late, spent a lot of time alone, a lot of time with authors, books, YouTubers, learning how to get it going correctly. I had a lot of great mentors, great, great mentors and an organization called the metal building contractors erectors association. I, I, I credit a lot of those guys in the association for the help that they gave me and helped me understand things along the way. Um, we started growing and, and we double in revenue and then triple. And then I'd get, I'd get hit and I'd lose money and then I'd make money and I'd learn from it or I'd, I'd have a scaling problem. And um, there's one point there one year I lost a million dollars in a year, uh, just made the wrong hire, had the wrong projects go bad. I, yeah. I thought I was about to lose everything I'd ever worked for. And it was my whole identity, man. It was a big deal. Right. Um, but I, you know, I regrouped, made the money back, really was able to set up a structure that works for us and my team. And I built a hell of a team. I'm the youngest person in my office when I go back home. Uh, I have some really strong professionals that I stole from engineering. And um, I have really, really strong guys in the field a great general superintendent that's been building buildings longer than I've been alive. And we're just hanging steel all over the country. Got 170 men from California to Boston. And um, we're going to triple in size this year. I know we are because we've put a plan together to do it. We've all committed to it and we're just going to fucking smash it. We're going to dominate. I will hang still on the fucking moon if it's there. So who's buying like, so you guys, you're sure so you're building like steel frames for like businesses and offices well, yeah, and stuff like we're that. The one, nah, so think of like, if you're ever on the on the runway and you look out and you see that airplane pull into that big metal building, that hangar. Yeah, yeah. We put that hangar up. Okay, you know? nice. If you ever walk into a school gym and it's a big metal structure, we put right. it up. You I know, see. warehouses, okay. Amazons, Costco's, things like that, bar joists, decking, purlings, girts, insulation, stand and seam roofs, all those things. That's what we do. And that's all we do. So were you, were you passionate about it or was there anyone that like made you get interested in those things? No, man. When I was a kid, my stepdad did metal buildings and backyards mm. and we grew up really poor, but he made pretty decent money. And for me, there was no lawyers in our neighborhood, bro. So construction was the only way we knew how to make doctor money was in boots. That's it. Yeah. And uh, so it was the only consciousness I had. I think I could have started a different business in and done substantially better. I think a lot of times you can take the same entrepreneur and put them in two different business models. Right. And one is going to look like a superstar where the other one was just in the wrong business. And I'm not saying that about myself. I'm just saying it took a very long, like it's the steel industry is not easy. Okay. You know, I mean, I got no boy scouts that work for me, bro. You know, sometimes they're good. And sometimes they go to jail. Sometimes they get in fist fights in the hotel room or I'll get a phone call. <laughs> that they got in a fist fight in the bar and the, and the cops are looking for trucks with my logo on them. You know, nice. it's, it's, you know, these are, these are not, these are not soft men right. that, that work for me. I've squared off with them on the slab before, you know, like, trust me, it's, it's not a, it's not an easy business. It's not, it's a, it's a very brutal business. It's hard to get paid. It's hot. 
the material doesn't show up on time, the concrete doesn't pass the break and you can't put steel on it, but you got mm. equipment out there in hotel rooms and you've already driven halfway across the country, you're out $10,000 like that. And the guys yes. could put something on wrong. I've had it happen. Guys put a roof on wrong. Boom, 150 grand. Bam, gone. Yeesh. So, it, I mean, it's just, it, it's it's something that we really had to build strong systems around, get the right people in place. And it just, it took me a decade plus to do it. I'll be at 12 years in March or 13 years in March. So if you could give advice to a guy who's around my age, 18, 19, 20, would you do the same thing if you could go back in time? Probably not. But I will say this, any young man that has an affinity for the trades in about five or 10 years will be able to make more money than a kid doing drop shipping on Amazon because there's not enough people out there that want to do the work. Mm. So, you know, we don't glorify trade construction, but I think that's a big mistake. The guys that build this country are truly heroes. The guys that get up and go to work every day, that wire your house, that frame your house, that do the plumbing, that do the HVAC so you can have AC, that do the sheetrock, the painting, build your cabinets. There's going to be a day that comes where everybody realizes, oh, shit, I can't live without a guy that knows how to work with his hands. That day is right. coming. There will be a YouTuber in five or 10 years saying, hey, you want to know the new hack in life? Become yeah. a plumber. Yeah, you know, I'm telling you, bro, it's gonna happen. I'm calling it right now. Remember, I said this. They're gonna be online. Yeah. They're like, dude, become a plumber, because Amazon's just gonna keep tightening it and tightening and tightening and tightening and taking more and more of money. And then what's gonna happen is you're not gonna have guys that know how to work with their hands at all. Yeah, so you're not gonna, gonna have scale. guys that know how to run a construction company that understand workman's comp, general liability, how to estimate, how to do a, mm. a, a lift plan with a crane. They're mm. not gonna know the math. They're not going to be able to do it. Right. And everything's moving happens, towards digital. Yeah. Good luck printing a fucking airplane hanger, bro. Good luck. Print that. 3D, 3D print. Yeah. 3D print an airplane hanger, G. Good luck. You know, it's uh, not going to happen, bro. You know? And, and so, you know, people don't understand what it takes for them to walk through this world, to drive down the road. It's the men that build this country every fucking day. Those guys are heroes, dude. Zero doubt. And I see a day where they're going to get paid and pay big. It's going to happen. Right. So what's your thoughts on real estate and property? Because I know a lot of guys in Manosphere um, who are out of this country, you know, they, they say, you don't even own your home. You know, they say things like that. So it turns a lot of guys away like me from wanting to actually invest in property and real estate. Are you investing in, in property and real estate? And what, what's your thoughts on those things? Yeah, I bought 74 doors last month. Oh, shit. Last month. So I bought 64 apartment units in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh -huh. I bought uh, another 21. So what is that, 75? I don't know. Uh, in a mobile home park in Ohio. And I'm about to nice. close another mobile home park for 58 more. And so I think it comes down to whether you believe in your country or not. Mm. You know, I believe America is going to be here. I believe that America... Although we might be letting some bullshit happen, I think we're going to eventually come around. And more than anything, I just want to put that in the universe that America is going to come back and be come together and be strong because that's what we need, man. It's not mm. about white, black, Hispanic, any of that shit. It needs to be about America. America was right. built off of immigrants and people that came here. So if right. we can put down the bullshit and get to common sense, 
and start and start flying the same flag together, then I think that there's not a country that ever existed that can fuck with America. And right. so for that reason and for my my choice to believe in America in that way, I'm going to continue buying real estate in America. OK. And so if any guys, so do you suggest starting a business or, or what do you think about renting um, while you're working on your business or while you're working to save up money to buy property? What, what's your suggestions? Yeah, I don't have a problem with renting. Um, I do say that if you can afford to buy a fourplex and you can mm. get an FHA loan that you can get an FHA loan to, to, for up to four units. So right. my very first house I ever owned, I bought it. But there was an addition onto it that was kind of a wood shop for this guy. And mm. the first thing I did is go in the main part of the house and pull all the plumbing out, all the cabinets, everything. And I built an apartment in the back and I turned it into a duplex. And it nice. took me, yeah, it took me about a month and I remodeled the front. And now that property to this day, I still own that property. That property cash flows me $700 a month. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, I think that house hacking, um, buying a fourplex, fourplex with an FHA loan is a really, really, really good idea if you can do it. And they'll probably give you another one if you upgrade. Okay. So um, I think so basically that... Buy buy a place that you could rent out to other people. You stay yeah. in it while they're paying yeah, for the yeah. rent. And you have to live in it, but right. hopefully it'll cash flow for you, or at least you'll have no rent as the property goes up in value. Yeah, as long as it's breaking even, you're not losing money, then it's cool. It's being paid for. Yeah, but you're getting wealthy, you know, because right, it's exactly. And here's another thing, too. Let's say it does break even, but you uh -huh. depreciate the property. Well, mm -hmm. you can take that depreciation and get rid of any cash flow you have if you cash flowed a little bit. But whatever's left over, you can put towards your W-2 income or your income from your other business. Right. And that's what's so powerful about debt. See, I want debt. I want cash flowing debt that I can take and put against my income so okay. I pay less taxes. Mm. Okay. So, for example, if I cash flow, let's say $100,000 a year for my real estate, just for a round right. number. If I can depreciate that property let's say 125,000 and let's just say I make a hundred thousand somewhere else in a mm. business and I'm set up as an S corp and I pay myself a hundred thousand. I take that extra 25 grand and I can put that depreciation against the money I make over here. So now I'm paying taxes on 75 grand instead of a hundred. And that's why guys like Trump don't want you to see his tax return because he's fucking smoking it. Right. Yeah. But there's a book. And he has employees. Thomas yeah, and he's not breaking any laws, but there's a book by yeah. Tom Wheelwright that really helps you like put this in perspective. It that it's called Tax-Free Wealth. And the mm -hmm. book really helps you go from thinking that Uncle Sam is trying to steal from me to Uncle Sam will partner with me if I do what he believes we need to do to make the country better. I see. Okay. And he talks about how governments make laws based off of what they need. Hey, we need low-income housing. Cool. Put out a tax credit for building low income housing. And if any, if you, if any of you guys want to build low income housing, we'll give you a huge tax credit for doing it because mm -hmm. the private sector is always going to be faster and more efficient than the big government. So they just put out laws right. for all the ballers, all the people that want to ball. And then they go out and they do it what the government needs them to do. And then boom, you're getting a tax deal. And so a guy like Trump, he's following it to the T he already knows he's a target, but he's, he's, He's playing the game as the country needs him to play. And so he doesn't pay a lot of taxes. And you could say that for a lot of investors. Yeah. No, Trump, Trump is definitely 
one of the best dudes when it comes to those things. I I, I heard a story on Instagram where um, his ex-wife died, so he buried her in his golf course so it could become a cemetery, which pays off like the golf course taxes or whatever. He's a G. He's a G, but guess what? She could be mad at him about that, but I bet that woman lived in an incredible life that she would have not have lived otherwise if it weren't for him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Rest in peace. <laughs> Uh, what's what's your thoughts on uh on marriage i don't i don't look down upon anybody that wants to get married Um, okay i think marriage can be a beautiful thing if it's for you it's not particularly for me in regards to number one i would never bring the government into my love life yeah same um two i've worked too hard to lose what i've worked for if a woman really loves me she wants to be with me she doesn't need a piece of paper yeah, she'll wait. I have had love in my life that I feel is substantially better than people that I know that are married. At the same time, there's a there's a group of people I went to school with. Man, I feel like it's just the biggest group of unicorns I've ever seen. They're all still together. Yeah, they they all still hang out together. They all live in basically the same neighborhood in the same town that I went to school in, and they have beautiful, beautiful marriages. Man, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It might not be how I particularly want to live my life. But I do believe in love and I certainly believe in family. And so love and family is something that I definitely want in my life. I believe in children. I believe in taking care of a woman that has your children. I believe in loving her and being for her, there for her in every way, not just monetarily, but emotionally. And uh, I also believe in her helping you bring women home. So it's, it's you know, I, you know I, I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, I am going to, you know, meet a woman and then stop wanting to sleep with other women. I right. think that I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I think the people in the 50s had it had it right, you know, if he came home with a little lipstick, let's not, you know, don't ask, don't tell. Right. You know, I know Europe is like that quite a bit, and I found that any woman that meets me and I'd sit her down and I say, "Listen, this is how I'm going to be, but it doesn't it's not going to change how I treat you, which means it doesn't tra- change the way that I make her feel." And right. she gauges that feeling against the feeling she gets from other men. And they, you'd be shocked at how many times they choose me. Um, yeah. So uh, I, don't, I don't plan to stop that. I don't plan to be a liar. I don't plan to be mm. a coward that says one thing and does the other. So for yep. that reason, um, I'm going to live my life on my own terms. And if she wants to be a part of it, then she's certainly welcome if, if I feel that way about her. But um, as far as me actually getting married, I won't do it. But I don't think there's anything wrong with it if that's what makes you happy. I think what's most important in life is that you create abundance enough that you have choice. Right. Yeah, I remember when I was when I was in high school and when I there's like these high school relationships, obviously. But I remember I was always super afraid of the girl finding out about the other girl, and I always had to lie. Yeah. And that's one thing I was never really happy with, and the girls were never happy with. And then I, I came to a point of I'm just gonna be very open and honest. You know, I saw yeah. Dan Bazarian doing the same thing. He's super open and honest with all the girls, and I I started doing it, and I started appreciate appreciating you know myself, started loving myself, um, just because of the fact that I was being honest, and I didn't really care if the girl liked me or not. And 99% of the time, the girl likes you even more, which is it's just it's yeah, a funny because paradox. She, because she knows you're a big boss, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. They like abundant men. They like men that right. like, say it. What really turns a woman off is you being a coward line little bitch. You know? Yep. You sit her down, you're like, hey. And you got to own it. Now, this is an important right. part for all, yeah. anybody watching. Yep. You need to own it. You can't be apologizing for it. Either you mm. own it or you don't do it at all. 
you know, because women want strong, masculine men that are going to bring structure and they don't they don't want to feel like you're too scared to tell them the truth. They already know that men want to do this. They already know right. this. Yeah. And so and, and I'll tell you another thing that turns women on is knowing that other women want you. Yes. Why, why would she want you if no other woman wants you? You're, you're yeah. a throwaway. So right. you just got to be honest, man. You know, there's a million ways to find love in this world. There's people that do it all kinds of different ways. There, there's people that do it normal, traditional marriage. There's people that are homosexual. There's people that swing. There's people that have hot wives. There's people that do all this, all these different things, man. I don't think there's anything wrong with, with a guy that's saying, hey, I love you with all my heart, but I'm going to still sleep with women, and I'd appreciate it if you would help out. Yeah. City boys up. Yep. And I tell you, you want to talk about keeping <laughs> marriages together. Uh, uh, that'll keep some marriages together right there, dude. Yeah. But, but in all fairness to the woman, the man better show up in every way. He better right. be worth it. He better be fucking worth it. That means he shows up in every way, monetarily, structurally, emotionally. Be the structure, be the leader, be the emotional waves that she can crash. And let her, if she gets upset about something, you got to, you got to be there. You know, you can't, you can't be a, a, a girlfriend to her. You have to be the leader. You have to be the, the rock that is there for her yep. when she needs you. Women are emotional and that's okay. Men and women are, are definitely equal. They're just simply different. Do your job yeah, as a different. man if you're going to ask for that. Exactly. Yeah, that's the one thing. I, I don't know if you know who uh, Coach Corey Wayne is. Um, but he's I mean, been, I've seen some of his videos before. He's been doing, uh, like, I guess, a lot of relationship and dating advice for over 10 years. And he's the, yeah. he's one of the dudes that inspired me the most to start my whole channel. Um, and, yeah, that's that's the one thing I like about Corey is he, he always talks about the importance of, of relationships, you know, starting from the very beginning and how it's going to help out society because I think it does all start from the family you know if families are happier and, and couples love each other more and um it's it's all love I think the key to all this all this crazy shit happening is just love like we need to start loving each other more um and I think it's going to change everything because I think the lack of love the lack of love is causing you know men to end up in jail it's causing women to end up as strippers you know and it's it goes all the way down the line and it, it keeps affecting um, obviously younger guys and then it just keeps going in a cycle. So. Yeah, man, look, I completely agree with you, man. Like there should be way more love in this world. I have nothing but good feelings for people. Every now and then I see something online that really upsets me, but in my day to day life, I'm not trying to do anything, but bring love to people of all ranges of life. I don't care white, black, Mexican, Jewish, you know, Christian, it doesn't matter, man. Like it's, it should be easy to love people. And if you find it hard to love people, you need to see if you love yourself. Yep. Cause that's where most of that's going to start and stop. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing with a lot of guys is when guys ask questions about girls, the key, the answer to all their problems is loving themselves. That's pretty it's much you. it. It's you, my that's friend. It. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, all, it. it starts and stops with the individual himself. Yeah. So you want to go through a, a few questions that people have asked on my Instagram story. A lot of these yeah, guys are, are probably probably your fans. So the first question is, what to do with money once you've made it? What are the next levels of becoming a G? Yeah, so once you've made money, you, so you make money, you figure out how to keep it from a tax perspective, legally, mm -hmm. and then you got to make it grow. So okay. 
you know, you make the money, you need to invest it intelligently, and then time's on your side. Right. Then how do you beat out all your comp competitors and succeed in business and life? You just got to outwork them, bro. It's, 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 there's no hack to that. You just have to absolutely outwork them. You have to be right. everywhere, every place at every time. And you have to find a way to set yourself up in the business where your role in that is something that you enjoy doing and everything else you hire out and systematize. And do you, did you notice like, instead of trying to compete with a lot of these dudes, like I guess guys in the manosphere, you just started to work with them. Like, of course, that's, that's, bro. Yeah. Dude, I don't, I don't need to talk shit about anybody in the manosphere. I know who the fuck yeah. I am. Right. Like, I, there's zero reason for me to talk shit about some guy with a YouTube channel. I, you could cut my YouTube channel off today. My life would be fucking lit. It might be even more lit, honestly. Because instead Hell of talking yeah. your ass, I'd be with some tin in Miami right now. So, <laughs> dude, trust me. Some guy took my Instagram down the other day. I was like, joke's on you, asshole. My life is fucking awesome, bro. Yeah. So I, I don't need any of these platforms, man. My life is fucking sweet, bro. I couldn't be happier with myself and where I am and where I'm going. And, and look, right. you could take all this shit down. I'll take Thomas and Pablo with me. Cause I got a real family. <laughs> yeah. They'll say that all the time. They'll see, you know, like the other day I bought this watch the other day and Andrew, right. uh, Andrew, it, it showed up to Andrew's mansion. He gave it to me and Thomas filmed it and we put it on YouTube and they're talking about how I live this life. It must, it must be lonely and all this shit, dude. I have the best family. This was what really would piss people off that hate all of us. I have the best family life you could ever, ever ask for. I am more fulfilled in my, my business teams, families. They come to my house. We barbecue. I, I have more love in my life than, than most people could ever fucking imagine, man. I couldn't be happier. I couldn't feel more love and connection with people that are close to me in my life. And, and the joke is on them, bro. And, and newsflash for them, Tristan and Andrew have the exact same fucking thing. So, you know. I don't feel lonely at all. I sleep like a baby at night and, and I wake up full of love talking to the people I care about. And I spend my time with those people. And and if it can get any better than this, I don't fucking know how. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's a really important thing to be polarizing. Because when I got canceled because I was being super polarizing, I started to speak my truth. I started to, to walk my truth. And I just started to love myself. It really split down the line of the people who are on your side and who's not. Because the people who weren't on my side... Obviously, we're sticking away from. Oh no, Logan's being canceled. I can't. I can't associate with him. Or oh yeah, I hate that guy as well. You know, they'd hop in and join. And then the guys who really did love and value me and appreciate me, they were on my team. They're on my side, and they're willing to fight with me. So really, that's the one thing I, I loved about being polarizing and, and getting canceled. And it really just shows who is with you and who's not. It's just fit, it's just black and white. It's super simple to tell. Yeah, it's really absolutely. awesome. And you know, you know what the most freeing thing about that is, is that there's no reason to be worried about losing those people. All you're doing is uncovering the fact that they were never going to love you in the first place. Yep. I mean, you're just finding out who they were. So go yep. out there, be yourself, live your truth, send your message to the world, because you're going to find out a couple people that you thought might have liked you don't like you or a couple people that you thought were in your corner aren't in your corner. But you're going right. to find 100x people that identify with you and what you're about and appreciate you daily. And I know that firsthand from the message that I get in my phone on a daily basis. It's not even close. It's not yeah. even fucking close, bro. I actually tweeted something uh, two days ago. I said the sad thing about your haters is they don't actually hate you. They really just hate themselves or 
or trying to please the opinions of those who don't even respect or love them. Um, yeah. Because I think anyone who has haters, it's it's it is what it is these guys are doing it to please the women because they're simp's. Oh yeah, I hate that guy too. Please have sex with me. You know, so it's yeah. like it doesn't work. It doesn't work, man. I have guys come to women. I had a guy. Look, dude, I'll tell you. I had a guy come to me. Not a guy. I had a girl come to me and say, "Hey, I just want you to know." And by the way, she was with me, like with me. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I want you to know he came to me and he told me this, this, and this about you about another girl. And I'm like, "Why are you here?" And she goes, "Well, you know." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's right." Checkmate, bro. You think you're going to tell on me? You're going to tell on me? One of the big G's? Get yeah. out of here, bro. You're gonna That's the one me? thing I noticed. Dudes would be in my girl's Instagram, you know, and they'd be trying to uh, message her. Or she doesn't even have Instagram, but they'd find her number somehow and text her, oh, uh, Logan, Logan posted a video of him hooking up with other chicks. Here's the clip. And she's yeah. like, what? She's like, what? She's like, look at this text this guy sent me. I'm like, that's yeah, you hilarious. Know what? You know what? Block. The girl, you know what the girl's immediate thought is? Like, clown. Fucking clown. She sat there. This girl sat here and made fun of this dude for doing it. Yeah. It's super funny. It's a joke. Because you know what? Like, what's she going to do? Come to me and I'm like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, so. Because that's that's what that guy would do. So he's thinking that you and him are the same, but you guys aren't. Yeah, you guys aren't. Me and you are the same. That's what really makes them angry. What really makes right. them angry is they bring that to them and they're like, why are you bringing this to me? Like, I already know about Justin. Like, me and Justin are cool. And they can't, in their little peanut fucking brain, they can't fathom having the balls to be able to tell the truth like a goddamn man. So they go behind your back and try to tell on you like a little bitch. Right. And you know what happens? They sit at home with their dick in their hand crying. She still came yep. to my Okay. <laughs> she still came to my <laughs> So how often do you how often do you come to Miami and uh, where, where you usually live? I probably spend 60 percent of my time in Miami. And do you so, enjoy Miami a lot? Miami is the best city in America. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's just. <laughs> no, I, I visited with uh, I was staying at, at with Pablo and uh, with Thomas, but Thomas wasn't there. But Pablo and I had some fun in Miami. It, it was nice. pretty good. Pablo was with me. I mean, Thomas was with me. Yeah. So, and then uh, some girl asked, "Do you think that men can love only one woman?" I think that's a great question. It's been my experience that I can only love one woman at a time. Hmm. I think I can love certain things about women and love to be around them and care for them deeply. But as far as being in love in that way, it's been my experience that I've only felt that way for one woman at a time. So, right. You know, I don't know if that'll change as, as my options change or as I develop, but that's been my that's been my observation of myself personally so far. And then, what's a quote that inspires you? You can tell the size of a man by the size of his problems. So, you're always going to have problems in life, right? Either, either you can't pay your light bill, or you have a a hundred and fifty thousand dollar week payroll, right? Your poison cowboy. Yeah, and if your problem is is a girl, dude, you need to look at yourself for sure. So, bro, that's right down there with a the light bill. Like, it's, <laughs> my, problem, my problem is a fucking girl. I am failing. Yeah. And then, uh, what's the most interesting situation that the war room members helped you with? Guilt. 
I had a major problem with guilt. Oh, especially when it comes to monogamy. And um, I really feel like not only did they clear it up, but they helped me realize that uh, I, I was still lovable if I just told the truth and I was just hat in hand honest about how I felt. My, some of my biggest heartbreaks and the biggest parts of me that I felt like were broken were around leaving women I love because I didn't know how to tell them that I felt the way I felt about seeing other women. And so my main reason to go to the war room was to handle guilt. And, mm. and, and it helped me in every way. And in a lot of ways, man, I think it made me better in every area. It really helped me embody and encompass my who I and, and not just in not just with women, just the fact that I'm a big, strong man and and I'm built very well and my blue jeans are too tight and I just fucking own every ounce of me now. And it's the best thing that ever happened, you know. So if anybody ever wants to say anything to me about the women I see or the life I live or taking care of my body the way I do or having any kind of swag, I'm just like, yeah, that's right. I'm a fucking man. What about it? And that's the most freeing thing that that ever happened to me, man. And I have the war room to thank for that. And then can you sing a country song? (laughs) (laughs) What's the request? Uh, I don't know. He just said, Justin, can you sing a country song? I'm guessing some Morgan Wallen. Maybe some Morgan Wallen, maybe. Another time, G. Another time. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, How to deal with long-distance relationships. Fly them in, bro. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I don't think long distance relationships are like actually like real. I think especially if it's long distance, you know. Women will stay loyal. If you're the right guy, they'll stay loyal to you. Okay. Yeah. Not on your terms, you know. That we can talk about that later. And then uh, one question is: advice to a 28 year old young man with a daughter with Down syndrome. Man, just love her hard, bro. You know, I you know somebody told me this one time about people that were born with disabilities or Down syndrome is that they've already been chosen to go to heaven, mm-hmm. and God just had to issue them a body. So you take care of that angel, man, and know you're a hero for doing it, and be proud of what you're doing with that little girl, and be the best dad you can be, and don't ever make the mistake of letting that little girl be the reason that you think that you didn't succeed in life. Be a strong man. Be the best dad you can be. Love that little girl and win anyway for her. Right. And I, yeah, all little girls are going to have a problem with, you know, people not liking them, whatever. And especially if she's going to have, has yeah, special well, needs, you know, yeah, people are going to treat her differently. So your whole your whole biggest goal as a dad is to show her that you come to me for all your love you don't need other people's love or approval or appreciation all that comes from me you know and that's with any daughter i think every daughter should be going to their father for all those things they don't need another man to do any of those things or other girls for approval they just need their daddy and that's like the biggest and most important thing for for daughters i think absolutely my biggest goal as a father to a little girl will be how in the fuck is she going to replace me? Yeah. <laughs> good, good luck, cowboy. You know? So, uh, no, man. I, and I don't think God would have put her in your hands if he didn't think you could handle it. So don't let him down. And, and just understand that, you know, you're a man that can do both. And if you can do that, I think it would be just fine with that. Yeah, one thing I, I really appreciate about my dad is he took me to the Best Day Foundation 
in California, which mm-hmm. we taught uh, spe- kids with special needs how to surf. So all the parents with uh, special needs kids, they take them out. We teach them how to surf in the water. We just hung out with them, barbecued with them, and just had fun. Built like some some uh, some holes in the sand and just chilled in there. Had fun, and that's that's the one thing I really appreciate because. Um, you know, it, it really just showed me a, a new perspective and that these kids are no different than me, you know. Um, they're even happier than me, you know, and it's it's pretty awesome. But I think another big thing for this dude is to find other parents who have the same situation as you and it'll help you realize that you're no, no longer different. And same thing with guys in the manosphere or guys who like the red pill. It's nice having groups of men or family members or other people who are in the same boat as you and it just makes things way easier, and it, I think it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely agree. Another question is how to not be anxious. Well, I think I think that you don't have to be anxious if you spent spent plenty of time with yourself planning and you feel prepared. Right. I only have felt anxious in my life when I felt like I wasn't ready. And I didn't do the work preliminary to the task at hand. So if you're doing what you know in your heart that you're supposed to be doing on a daily basis, then anxious shouldn't be something that you should be feeling. You should know where you're going. One of the favorite, one of my favorite things I ever heard Brandon Carter say, and I'm a big Brandon Carter fan, obviously we're friends, but I actually really, really admire and respect Brandon is that uh, he was talking to a young lady and she asked him what his sign was. And he said something along the lines, it doesn't fucking matter what my sign is because I already know where I'm going. Right. So if you want to get rid of anxiousness, you don't need to worry about a sign. You don't need to worry about luck. You don't need to worry about any of that shit. You need to know where you're going and get to work and know what the outcome is going to be because you trust yourself enough to create it. And then another question is, do you find it difficult to monetize self-improvement as opposed to other businesses? Well, I'm going to be honest, man. I don't have a course, bro. <laughs> so a lot of times when I'm on here doing AMAs and stuff, unless I'm getting a super chat or somebody's yeah. signing up for the war room or something like that, I don't sell a course. I don't have a group, man. A lot yeah. of the reason no one, no one wants to sponsor you. So it yeah. is what it is. Nobody, nobody wants to sponsor me. <laughs> um, so uh, honestly, man, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you, you know, any money I make is because of war rooms or you know, us helping guys get into the real world or whatever like that. But I don't have a course. I don't have a group. Don't plan to. A lot of this is about the fulfillment I get from helping young men and and working with a very, very dear friend of mine. And outside of that, I don't expect that you're going to see one from me unless I do something in construction or real estate. Right. And then what's the best thing you purchased that you never knew you needed? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, Best thing I've purchased that I never knew I needed. Like, are you into cars or anything or motorcycles or? Man, I have a really, really nice G Wagon. Okay. You like trucks. Yeah, I was going to say, I like my F 150. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I know anything. I'll tell you what, probably when I do something kind for somebody. You know, because sometimes you just see an opportunity to do something kind and you purchase something for somebody else and you don't realize how much your soul needed that. Mm. And just today, 
I was very lucky to get the opportunity to buy a man a suit for his event, for his nonprofit. He's doing some work nice. with some kids in Wynwood. And I was, I saw him about a week ago and um, he was in there and he was trying on suits and all of a sudden he left. He had this young little boy with him and his wife and another little kid. And I asked the guy in the place, I'm like, bro, where's he going? Like, like, he's like, ah, oh, he's got a charity, but he's going to try to figure out how he can scramble up the money. I'm like, fuck that, bring him back in here. And so I met him today and we, we bought the suit. We did a video. It's going to be on YouTube soon. Uh, nice. Talking about his charity, man. Hopefully it'll drive some traffic to him and he can help some kids out here in, in the neighborhoods right outside of Wynwood. But um, doing that kind of shit for people, man, that's just good for your soul. There's nothing you can buy to make you feel good like that. A Lamborghini is not good. I go buy a Lamborghini tomorrow cash. Right. That's not going to, that's not going to make my heart full, bro. And uh, I feel like the things that I buy, that I really need and didn't know I needed is when I buy something or do something for somebody else that there's not a better feeling. There's not a better dopamine rush. And, it, and a lot of times, man, it's, I can't say this enough. I do it for me. You know, I do it for my soul and how I feel about myself and reminding myself of uh, how lucky I am to even be in a position to do something like that for somebody. And then how long have you known Andrew Tate? I guess three or four years now. And then, like, could you summarize him behind the scenes and then obviously summarize him in front of the camera and, like, what's the difference? I say it all the time. I say it to him. I say it to other people on, on the show. I say, look, there's Cobra Tate. There's Top G. There's all that shit. But, man, I love Andrew. Right. You know, when I see Andrew, I don't call him Top G. I don't call him Cobra. <laughs> you know, uh, I might call him some names, maybe, that he would call me <laughs> right back, especially Tristan. Yeah, I love Andrew and I say the best side of Andrew the world never sees. I made a tweet the other day is that Andrew and Tristan Tate are the best people you'll never meet in real life. And I completely mean that in every way. They're some of the kindest, most genuine, authentic um, people you'll ever meet. They're, they're the most congruent people I've ever met. Everything they say they are and they were going to be, they've been. And uh, I feel like if Andrew is guilty of anything, it's not allowing the world to see what a wonderful human being he is uh, on a, on an everyday basis. Of course there's Cobra and top G and, and he's very good at getting attention mostly yeah. through pissing people off because he's very intelligent and he knows how to push right. the right buttons, but God damn, is he a good man? And that's what's so sad about what's going on is that the world saw one side of him sometimes that, you know, might not have put him in the best light or it pissed people off. But man, is there a wonderful side of him that I feel like the world hasn't seen enough of. And so I I hope with every ounce of me when all this is over, because it's not it's not whether he's innocent or not. I know I know he's I know he's innocent. I'm not worried about that. It's really about whether it's political or not. And on the other side of that, I really, really hope the world one day gets to see Andrew and Tristan for the wonderful people that they are because I think it would do a lot of good. Definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. He's, he's going to, he's going to do fine no matter what I feel like. Yeah. So, yeah. and then, uh, best advice for someone who got caught up in the nine to five with no degree. Understand that a degree is not going to make you money. Understand okay. that a lot of people can start businesses and those businesses can change their life in 18 months. You can change your entire life in just 18 months, man. You know, so just don't quit. 
keep pushing. Make sure that you get yourself in a position where, you know, you don't get so comfortable in a nine to five that you're too scared to take a chance on yourself. I think the biggest risk in life is wanting to try to do something or want to try to be better and being scared that if you jump, you can't trust yourself. I, I think the risk is substantially larger living in that prison. I agree for sure that it, it's, it's ridiculous to me. Like it's crazy when I, I talk to guys who are in the nine to five, I'm like, bro, just do something like create a YouTube channel. Like it's super simple. Like, you'll see or start making videos, you know, like it's crazy how many guys like they say they want to do it or they know they deep down, they know like that's the key, like to start creating or building something. Um, but it's, it's super sad how so many people just get caught and uh, it is what it is. That's why I think it's just, it's a top 3% thing where it's only a certain percentage of dudes who are willing to take the, the so-called risk, you know, but it's really just, um, you're taking a risk of fear from society you know, it's, it's not no real, like things are going to go wrong, you know? So I always question what's the bigger risk, right? Going and failing, going bankrupt in your business or selling your soul. Yeah. Isn't that the bigger risk? Yeah. Isn't it? So, and then do you, do you train, uh, like MMA, jiu-jitsu wrestling? I've done it on and on my whole life, man. I did tournaments. Good. As a kid. Good. Yeah. I just had my fifth shoulder surgery, so I'm not training anything right now. Oh fuck! Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've been um, I've been trying to recover and do therapy, but I think I'll be back up and running soon. Okay. And what's what's your favorite uh, mixed martial art? I actually like Muay Thai and kickboxing. Okay. I I believe that um, it's been my experience and and the altercations that I've gotten into that the clinch can be good in close quarters. Right, and, right. Uh, elbows are good. Not that I'm promoting it in any way. Um, <laughs> but also, I think being big and strong is a very primal for, part of combat. Mm. And so I wouldn't I wouldn't tell anybody to skip deadlifts or squats for sure. You want explosive strength in any okay. situation like that. And you also want to do your best to get away from it if you can. You know, don't let your pride get in front of you. So. You can hurt somebody and and that comes with a consequence as well right and where did you always know like you were different or did you have a feeling that you were gonna be different than other people or you're gonna be rich i always felt that way you know i always felt that i had the opportunity i, had, I always felt i had something special but don't we all yeah you know you know it, it's it's funny you can find out just how special you're not if you don't do the things that you're supposed to do, you know? Right. So, yeah, I did. I did feel that way. Um, and I did a lot of special things in regards to the, my classmates and stuff like that. You know, I was voted class favorite in school. I was prom king. I was captain of the football team. I was, I brought my senior year. I brought, um, I was prom king and I brought the girl that won queen. And then I went to the school down the streets thing and took their queen and she won big boss. Nice. But, nice. But bro, you know, a high school and growing up and doing school and all that other stuff, it's just the beginning. I went to college and I dated, mm. I dated the, the queen of the college and then she won Miss Louisiana and then she went to Miss America and I broke up with her ass cause I didn't want to be monogamous. So, I mean like, <laughs> you know, but all that, all that shit's in the past, man. So I leave the, I don't even think about the past very much. I, all I really focus on on a daily basis is the man that I'm going to become. 
So that's where, and that's where my focus is. And then last and final question. How is it living with Sterling? Funniest experience in the house? There's a lot of funny experiences. Many of them I cannot share. Okay. Okay. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you one from the other day. So there's this active joke between me and Sterling. He knows that I think that kettlebells are the most ridiculous shit on the planet. Like I hate kettlebells. I think they're ridiculous. Like I'm always like, fuck a kettlebell. So it was my birthday and he's been gone in Spain. Mm. And I come back home and there's a bag <laughs> on the table in the living room. And he's like, he gets the camera out. This is on his Instagram right now. Nice. And, uh, and he's like, I got you a gift. I know it'd be really, really important to you. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I open <laughs> it and a fucking pink and gold kettlebell. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> it is now the doorstop to my room. Nice. Because I will never, never, ever fucking use it. Ever. <laughs> Fuck a kettlebell. So uh, um, a lot of funny moments, a lot of laughing. He actually doesn't live with me anymore. He's mm. coming to visit, but he's going he's gonna to move to Spain and uh, be over there around Luke Barnett and the War Room guys that are there. They're doing a lot of fight training and things like that. I'll probably fly out there and spend a, a good bit of time with them at some point soon. But um, it's just me now in Miami. So. It'll be good. I got the boys here. We're building the channel, building the brand, doing our best to, you know, contribute in the best way we can, man. And so I, I couldn't be happier to see him happy. Uh, I think he's got a couple women that he's lining up to have some babies. So I think. Okay. Be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. Is there any, uh, any questions you have for me or advice for me? No, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, I appreciate you bringing me on. It means a lot to me. Guys like you are the people that, you know, all of us older guys are going to need down the road because you're going to have the torch in your hand, you know, and we're right. going to need your help. And so anything I can do for you, man, you just reach out to me and let me know. And uh, thank you. And I'll do everything I can to help you.